So, Faye, what you got for us? Cynthia is a horror film about the perfect couple and their desperate obsession to have a child, which descends into a terrifying dark comedy. Well, that's a weirdly formal way to describe a case. But I, I guess you know what they say. Malignant case? <laughs> this sounds like a job for prime scene investigation. Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades Presents Prime Scene Investigation. I am Chris, and as always, I am joined by Mercer. Hello. And Faye. How do you, Cocker? Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure what to do with that, but yes, I am not too bad. Thank you very much for asking. Mercer, how are you this week? I am fine. Thank you very much. I am all good. I'm excited, actually. It's just before Fright Fest. Woo! So that's, that's fun. We've got as Soho Horror Film Festival tickets purchased. Woo! So everything's looking good. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Or Spit Grades. Everything's coming up Spit Grades. Yeah. We don't care about Millhouse. No one cares about Millhouse. Thrill House. Uh, we do care about Millhouse. He's one of the best characters in The Simpsons. Mercer, have you been watching anything this week? Yes, I have. Standardly, I've watched. I've watched quite a bit actually. I've done quite a few rewatches. So I went back and rewatched um, the nineteen eighty six House by Steve uh, Miner. Not as fun as I remember it being as a child. I love House, and uh, just something to tell you that you probably won't care about, but it's it lingers in my mind now whenever I think of House. We had somebody who sent in a picture once at work um, of a broken washing machine and she'd taken the picture and she was pointing out the crack on the washing machine, but her fingers looked like the fingers of the monster woman in House. So now okay. whenever I think of House, I always think of that lady's fingers and I hope she's getting on all right out there. I hope things are good for her. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying House, not as fun. Not as fun. I went back and rewatched uh, the Wes Craze Res Cray. Oh my goodness. Wes. Oh my Craven. goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is wrong with me? Uh, the Wes Craven classic, The Hills Have Eyes, uh-huh. um, which is stands up, I think. A uh, bit of a b- abrupt ending, which I forget about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a bit like, whoa. Uh, it's a bit jarring, actually. But mm. yeah, that was good. Um, I watched a film called Cage, which okay. is about a woman gets kidnapped and locked in a cage um, and she's allowed to keep yeah I know right incredible <laughs> say how it is <laughs> say how it is she's locked in a wooden cage I don't know why she didn't just break out that'd be a box um, surely well it's got bars so it's a cage oh okay right yeah like, there's gaps in it she's allowed to keep a mobile phone uh, but she's not allowed to phone the police um, but she's <laughs> on a system phone. yeah <laughs> She, she speaks to a boyfriend and explains she's been kidnapped. And he's like, oh, I'll rescue you. She speaks to a mum, but don't tell her mum she's been kidnapped because she don't want to upset her. Uh, spoiler alert, the kidnapper decides that he's going to let her free. But um, he phones her up and he leaves a voice message on her phone because she doesn't answer. And he's on one of the 9-11 planes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because so it's got quite a cool ending because then it, well, I say cool, but it then does like... Um, 
a little montage of all the people that he's got locked up in these cages um, and none of them know that they're going to die because oh. he's never coming back. So it's quite sweet. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to note down when we do a spoiler now because we have twice ruined things for people. Um, again, I am truly sor- sorry, Dan Popomatic, for ruining men for you didn't mean to um so i'm now gonna note down where there's a spoiler and make sure that we put it in the tweet that we send out so that people are aware a spoiled cage not that anybody's gonna watch it (laughs) i mean to be fair it it doesn't sound like she's in a cage if she's in a wooden box with holes with like flats in it that's a crate that's not a cage you are right maybe they've mistitled it it should be called crate i was expecting Um, it to be in the sea I thought Cage was going to be like a 47 metres down kind of job. but No, she just drowned. No, yeah. you wouldn't. You'd have equipment. Well, he's going to keep popping yeah. down there to change it. Maybe. You don't know. Weird um, things have happened. The bends. The bends. Oh, I'm in the I bends. Did, I did catch up with the black phone, finally, um, which I really, really quite enjoyed. Specifically... The performance from Madeleine McGraw, who plays mm-hmm. Gwen, the younger sister. I just thought she was incredible. I almost feel like you could lift her character. Do you know, like um, Stranger Things, Erica in Stranger yeah. Things? And like you could lift her character out of this film, put her in Stranger Things, and her and Erica would be like best friends but worst enemies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I've watched other stuff, but honestly, it's not worth mentioning Howling Six, The Freaks. Don't mention it. Before we go on to what we've been watching, because this is a privacy investigation episode and I don't want to fill two hours with what we've been watching, you can have 60 seconds to talk about the film you po- you most want to talk about. We've just got about six minutes. Mercer will have that six... Mercer has six minutes. If I don't give you a time that you'll go for six hours, I'm going to get a stopwatch on for this. Just pre-warning, though, I think I know what you're going to talk about and I haven't seen it, so don't do a spit grades. And lay any spoilers on me. See, you can't, therefore, you can't even really speak, say that much about it. I don't even know what I have. Oh, I do. <laughs> ah, of course right. I do. Okay, 60, all right, all right. 60 seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. Without any spoilers. So please don't ruin it for okay. Mercer. Okay, no spoilers. No spoilers. Please, Faye, why don't you talk about Nope? Right, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into detail. Just suffice to say that I absolutely fucking adore it. It is filled with Easter eggs. It's filled with nods towards other films in the genre. Um, please come find me at Fright Fest or Celluloid or Soho. I will chew your ear off about it. I'm not going into it now. It's fucking incredible. I love all the performances. I love the story in it. Oh, my God. A backstory breaks my fucking heart in it. We're not going into it. We're not going into it. No. Also been watching Better Call Saul that came to the end, and I am going to miss that terribly. you still got 25 seconds. Then, no, don't need it. Don't need it. There you go. I'll stop you there at 40 seconds. Then 20 seconds to spare. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is succinct. Yes, but I also really enjoyed Note, despite sitting there on a blisteringly hot day in one of the <sighs> screens in Odeon that didn't have air conditioning. But nice, a nice sign to say, this... <laughs> This cinema screen is cooled from air by out, oh, sorry, cooled by air from outside. It melted my so chocolate. When the air outside is thirty-two degrees, that is not a great deal of help. No, you are literally just blowing around hotness. So yeah, so it was a, a 
an extremely clammy and sweaty screening. Yes. But yeah, I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's third in my list of favorite Jordan Peele films. Same, but that's not to say that it doesn't get a high score. So, so for example, Us is ten out of ten for me. Get Out is nine point five. This is going to be like an eight point five to a nine. That's so, quite a drop off. No, not really. From going from, going from ten. 10 to 9.5, half percent, and then go full 1% at 8.5. That's, that's, d- that's still doesn't mean I don't love it. I love it. I still love it. No. So. Yeah, I'm just saying, if, you, if, you're going, if you're looking at it in, on form, I'm saying a half well, percent drop to a percent drop is quite a drop. I've only had one watch. There will be multiple watches, and I'm absolutely sure it will climb up a bit further as I watch it more and pick out more of it. But, anyway, but yes, please watch it, because it's incredible. Yeah, if you see Play It For Fest, you want to lose... 12 hours. A couple of hours and don't fancy seeing the film that you got lined up next. Go and ask her what she's doing. If you want to lose your whole weekend, just come see me. Yeah. But talking about losing time. <laughs> normally we start these and we go, oh, the dog shit. And they're awful. I enjoyed this. I don't fucking care. Do well, not care. It wasn't the worst I've seen. But anyway, it wasn't the worst. we now, for Privacy Investigation, are going all the way back to 2018. Remember that nice time before yeah. COVID and yeah, we got wars? Married. Yeah, we did. 2018, Cynthia, directed by Devon Downs and Kenny Gage. And oh, not Kenny written, G. Not Kenny G, Kenny Gage. And written by Robert Ryan. And, not Rob Reiner. Not Rob Reiner, no. And starring such stars as Scout Taylor Thompson, Sig Haig. Robert Ryan himself is indeed in it as well. There not Robert Reiner. Not Robert Reiner. No. But yes. Carl Jones as well. So And Bill Mosley. And Bill Mosley, so I did he turns it very briefly, so Yeah, I, but he's nearly, got a good role in it. Yeah. yeah. Nearly blinking you miss him. But so this one, very very simple plot setup here. Married a couple trying to conceive, having a few difficulties. They've been trying for quite a while, three years or something. A, 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 a while. A while. So Robin and Michael, they're trying to conceive. They're having, they're having issues. Eventually, Robin does conceive. And then we have a weird... It's hard to just try to do the plot without just immediately going to how things spiral out. So you know what? Remember, I just start at the start and, okay. we'll, and we'll get there. You see how it didn't take you long to discuss about conceiving the beer there? Yeah. That's great. Why did it take them about 10, 15 minutes? It's all set up. Right. I do want to get to that scene, Faye. But first of all, I just want to ask you both a question. What the fuck was that opening scene and the point of the opening scene? I think it, I think it's trying to set up as a more paranormal, invisible friend, invisible friend kind of setup, but okay. which, which they lose fairly early on in the film when they actually reveal yeah. what it is. I think that's just a red herring to place as that kind of that kind of thing. I think it's to show you that Sid Haig is in the film, so you keep watching because you know you're going to get more Sid Haig. Possibly. And I think they just had a pretty short runtime and went, oh, let's just whack some on at the beginning. Oh, I'll do. Well, this is the thing. They've got a short runtime, but they filled like a quarter of it, literally trying to get her pregnant. You don't need, it didn't need to be as long as it was. So initially I did like, what the fuck is that scene? That's pointless. Then that like funky French kind of. That's a great intro, me. Great intro. Yeah, I love it. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling my vibe, (laughs) feeling my flow. 
and then I really like like that first introduction to um, Robin and Michael, like you know, like the, when they the very first introduction, when they're like you know it's just started, they've just finished having sex, and they're all like loving and joking with each other, and he does that beautiful joke about being a tur- turkey beast with legs, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is me. I'm kind of liking this. And then for the next 45 hours, they had a conversation about her not being able to get pregnant. Yep. Why? Why so long? Again, maybe filling out a runtime. And I don't know if you notice this, but then every subsequent conversation that happens with any other character is just no drive for the story, full of repetition and far too long. And I'm just like, why is this like, what am I watching here? Are we, are we talking about the selfish best friend who purely don't want her mate being sister. pregnant? Is it sister? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was best friend. <laughs> the sister who is just, just clearly don't want her to have a kid and just wants her to be... I feel like I'm going too deep into this. It's no. not that deep. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean she, already had, she already has a kid, the sister, so I think she didn't. I think she misses, she misses having Robin around, around later on when mm. she's trying to get her out of the house and stuff. I said, I think... I do I, I didn't think Bill, the opening and the conversation around the pregnancy actually felt that long. And you could argue they're, dri- they're driving that point as they explain her actions later on when she's so desperate to be pregnant and have kids. Yeah. But then again, I'm probably... I'm probably... No, I'm not going to... I, I say... I'm going to keep saying it. I enjoyed this. Fuck you, Mercy. I'll see you look at your face. No. I think mean, you can enjoy something and still critique it. Yeah, you can do. But as I say, it's whether I'm looking too whether I'm looking too deeply in this, and saying they've set that up a recession that's explained away how she acts later on. Yeah, she doesn't react in a way you would normally expect someone to. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, anyway, they get pregnant. She gets pregnant. He gets her pregnant. I mean, with the help of IVF, just to point out, we have another twenty-five minute scene or something of just a re- repetition of her getting the IVF treatment, taking a piss, not being pregnant. And they do it like seven or eight times. And I'm like, seriously, we do not That's... need it that many times. First, the first scene as well, when they've just finished having sex, is she just got her knickers pulled to the side? Because when soon as she gets out of bed, she's got her knickers on. Don't even get me started about knicker placement in this film, because I, I will bring this up again later on. There's a, a knicker placement scene that really pisses me off. We'll come to that. Yeah, clearly that wasn't uh, top of people's list is getting pants back on. So now is she pregnant? She's she's pregnant, or no, because before, or she she's pregnant. We've skipped part when he is at the bar venting his frustration at the whole trying to get pregnant episode yeah. with the Aussie barman. And they made the cliche jokes about cricket and... The barman being the barman being a a ladies man, <laughs> or maybe not. Who 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 knows? And we have all them lovely terms for vagina. Yes, uses and another scene where literally pretty much ninety percent of that conversation does nothing to drive the story forward, and it is pretty boring about the cricket. Oh, it depends if you're into cricket. Maybe not. You know, some people like the hobbies represented in film. I'm not big into cricket, but some people again, it just again, it just 
It's probably to show that they know about cricket. Because actually, we, we know we, we know our onions when it comes to cricket. It's not even that. It's just it's, it's just with him drinking and being miserable. It just explains his actions clearly later later on as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. This isn't a plot. This isn't a film that's driven by a powerful narrative. Let's let's face <laughs> it. But I don't. I don't think these. I don't think these are there. Just every scene there is just filler. I think it is all just filler. But now she's pregnant. I think there. Mm-hmm. And she has that dream, that dream. where um, she gives what? birth to a fly creature, whatever it is. I pissed myself laughing when that popped up. That's the that's the first and probably only time I laughed during the film. It's it's a good dream sequence, I think. But it is like just a lift from the fly, right? Yeah, pretty much. Only with more, far more blood and less. The fl- the fly scene is a lot a lot more. More intense than this. This is clearly massive splatter and laughs. It reminded me of the, um, what do you call it? Chest burster. Yeah. Alien. A xenomorph. So I have to tell you, this is the point of the film. I did my first time check and we're like 17 minutes in. And I am, I would literally, I'm like, are you serious? I can't, I can't do this. I can't do another one of these episodes. And to be fair, my time check didn't come till quite late in the film, did it? Till about when we got about half an hour left. So I was an hour in before I did a time check. So not the worst. But yeah, the the dream sequence I found to be really quite funny for a low budget film that's got four point something out on IMDb. Probably worth mentioning. Is it worth mentioning? Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's as I say, I I enjoyed the the blood and guts and little Monster creature scene. I enjoyed the blood and guts. I enjoyed it. I, I laughed. I found it. I found it amusing when it when it happened. And I quite liked all the stuff with the the little stupid side chat with the doctor when they're talking about talking about golf and she's getting exasperated over that. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of the scene in Friends where Phoebe's pregnant and the guy's going on about the thumbs. Yes, maybe it was lifted from that. That's just stealing, if it is. Also, kind of reminded me. Not reminded me, but again, it made me. I kind of reckon it were like harping back to things like Rosemary's Baby, where the woman's really not important in the situation other than having the baby. The men are like the key elements in this scenario, no matter what's going on. I think you're going too deep again. I think that's too deep for this film. Honestly, right. I needed to keep me entertained. Sorry, right. to, right. you you needed it deep to keep you entertained. Yeah, I love it, dude. <laughs> I reckon they'll be sitting there listening to this going, they fucking get it. <laughs> Someone gets it. <laughs> yeah, no. So we, we got our first hint that Michael may be cheating just here as well when he comes back in the house in the early hours and she's still a beating because obviously she's a pregnant stereotype. And to show she's a pe- pregnant stereotype, she's got a potato chip dunking it in ice cream because that's what all pregnant women do just cravings yeah i mean i can't speak personally i've never been pregnant but you, you would know. eat ice cream with potato you would try that anyway <laughs> see how you got on I, with I it i tried frying a mcdonald's shake once and i wasn't on board <laughs> no oh, i love it why i think it's a, i think it's the sweet and saltiness I, together no. when mcdonald's used to put actual salt on the chips yeah it was lovely a chicken nug in there. Mm. Oh, shut up. Mm. <laughs> a tired no. meal, meal in it. I can't tell if you're winding me up or not. No, I'm not. Dipping my big back. 
McDonald's milkshakes are like KFC gravy. You can literally just pour it over anything that it's feeding them. You are fucking gross. That is disgusting. That is chicken <laughs> and ice cream and batter. Maybe the batter bit, because like... Apple pie. Apple oh, pie. Ice cream. But chicken... Well, if you can call it chicken. I feel we're weird off. Weird yeah, off anyway, anyway. Enough about weird-ass McDonald's, co- McDonald's combination. I will have to be going around Mackey's again. Well, I won't be going around nearest Mackey's because they're shut for another week. <laughs> and I'm not ordering a milkshake. Not fucking delivery charges, just eat. But back on track anyway. So we've, he comes home, she's up, and he smells a perfume. And he's also been meeting, working late at 10 to 2 or whatever. 2 a.m. Yeah, in the morning. Hi. But yeah, so all may not be completely rosy between those two. But never mind, a baby always glues things together and keeps <laughs> keeps fractious couples completely on track. And that's what happens next as she goes into labour at the little re- restaurant place. Yeah, after eating a bring-on-the-birth pizza, which, I'm sorry, had no ingredient. I've seen friends. Has no ingredients on there that will bring about labour. They were, I didn't think they mentioned any chilli. Garlic and snails and gorgonzola. Pineapple. I mean, pineapple, it, pineapple, it sh- yeah. It should have been called a horny and your cum is going to smell different pizza. Well, pineapple does things to ejaculate. So that would question mark at the end of if it's the right word. Ejaculate. And obviously snails and shit is supposed to make not and shit. Snails and stuff is supposed to make you horny. So it's not really a birth inducing pizza. It's it's a weird sex pizza. It worked. Well, I mean, did it? Although I was com yeah. I mean, like her waters broke, but it was Well she, she said she's Good. bleeding and I'm like, that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> explain that like explain that during the birthing scene. Because it explains how she's torn. Right, okay. Again, neatly, neatly covered by them. Tell you, you, you feel like they're just making this up on the, on the spot. I feel like only one of us was paying proper attention. <laughs> yeah, whatever it's worth. But yeah, so she goes and has baby, and there's something else there. A big cis kind of thing. Yes, and then we get into the details of the big cis thing about how it's got teeth. And hair, which is a genuine fact, and I love that. I mean, it's weird as fuck. I've, I've looked one up before, and it's horrific to look at when, when it comes out with it. But uh, we'll find, still fascinating. Yeah. We find out when they take, they take it to the uh, pathology lab because it actually it actually nips the the doctor who's performing the cesarean. Yes, actually bites him, and then the nurse drops it because it's starting to it's starting to vibrate, and he chews out. It's really horrible about her. I bet, that kind of toxic workplace environment. I bet he Milly can't believe it. <laughs> it didn't work, really. I tried to do something. It didn't work. Um, yeah. So the lab that it goes into to be tested, this is probably certainly Chris's favourite moment of the <laughs> film. Two, I, I, I use scientists or doctors in air quotes because you literally just got those outfits from a Smithy's fancy dress and lobbed them on there. You ain't got no doctorate well, or degrees. Well, her her name is Gillian Johnson, and it will shock absolutely no one to know that she is an adult actress and performer. That came across in this scene. I, yes, I I, I want to say I recognised her work. I didn't recognise her work. 
I recognised that she was of the adult industry from the, the aud- audible way. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't know her from her work such as her by Curious Secret, making mum pay, dirty muscle, dirty muscle seventeen. I thought they were going to be dirty mustache. Love her feet. No. I could keep going through. Interracial squirt four. Wow. I haven't seen a Wonder... classic. A classic. I haven't seen Wonder Free. I'm not sure I want to go in with a four. No, you won't be able to follow up plot. Bad Lesbian 11. That's like Friday the 13th level of sequels. It's better than, you know, Good Lesbian 10. But yeah, so I could read through all of these because they're all brilliant. I want, I just want to know who sits down and actually works out the name for them because sometimes they go a little bit eclectic and use a euphemism and sometimes they'll just literally say what you see so she she's like this you know sexy doctor or sexy nurse whatever and this guy's coming on to her he's a bit pushy with her to be honest she says no a lot of times he probably should yeah. have given up yes that's literally what i've put i'm like no means no mate back exactly. off but she... <laughs> he's got such great sexy talk like but she eventually gives in and they, they get on at it. And this is where, obviously, the second knicker scene will come in in a moment. My knicker gripe, if you will. Um, they start going at it and it is some of the weirdest fucking sex talk I've heard. And I, you know, I've heard a lot. My clothes have fallen off. I've seen everything. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, not really, that's not really sex talk, was it? <laughs> you just reminded me of that. Oh, okay. That's the reason I said it. So... I've heard, I've heard some really bad stuff in my time. This, where he's talking about, I want to build a children's hospital, and then set want, it on fire. Essentially, it's like I want I, I want to move into your pussy. I'm going to get a small business loan instead of a business in your pussy. I just like to point out he, on the same level as Gillian, acting ability wise, he is a professional actor. To be fair, she is also a professional actress. So yes. yes. But anyway, the sex talk is the uh, is the stuff. I got a burrito. I got a burrito. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So as they're going at it, obviously this tumor, whatever, not tumor, little cyst thing, little, little cyst thing. Let's call it Bob. Bob. No, let's call it Cynthia because that's what it's actually called. <laughs> so, so Cynthia, the basket case malignant wannabe. Um, comes running up like seen out her evil dead and attacks them. And doesn't she shove something up his bottom? No, shoves a massive finger for his back. It appears. Oh, okay, yeah. And obviously we have the oh, you've just come on my back joke, which is yeah, which doesn't make sense because technically he's still inside of her while he's spurting. Did she not realise? Maybe she thought it was spitting. I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of spitting. Or vomiting, yeah. yeah. But Maybe any- she's been with a lot of... She's been with that many masculine down porn stuff. She can't tell anymore. No, because she'd still feel it in her. Depends who she's been working with, I guess. Any Well, anywho, <laughs> anywho. I mean, it wasn't really in there, that's the thing. But um, So we get that joke, and then she turns around, sees all the blood, freaks out. She's got plenty of time to pull up her pants and doesn't, and just leaves them there around the top of the thighs it's like i get realism but even if i'm half naked and something's like scuttling its way towards me i'm still trying to get dressed because you're going to be found like that at the end of the day i thought she wasn't wearing any she tries she's to got, get out she's, she's got, got pants okay, yeah she's no. got knickers on and she doesn't pull them up right and it really grinds my gears 
I hated that bit. Um, but yeah, the sex talk was funny during that bit. What grinds my gears on this is that obviously she tries to escape and she can't open the door with the swipe key. Yeah. Somehow, later on, this small blob that doesn't have any real features manages to do that and get out of that room. Who has a lab where you have to swipe yourself out as well? Who has to leave your key outside? Good point. Good point. Good point. Yep. Mm. <laughs> well, that just ruined the whole film for me in terms of realism. That's fucked it. Terrible. Yeah. So we have the we have them both laying there in a pool of blood. Then we have some proper Evil Dead basket case point of view scuttling around. Yes. Mercer looks absolutely antagon- antagonistic. Yeah. Not antagonistic, apoplectic. When we go to the view of Cynthia, she's not uh, she's not quiet. She's <laughs> 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 there. But nobody can hear it or hear it scuttling around. Maybe it's in her head. Oh, and our heads. Well, we're hearing what she can hear. So, it's, I mean, like, if you stop and listen to yourself chew, you can hear yourself chew, right? But not necessarily everybody else can hear the same level of chewing. So maybe that yeah. breathing and is what she can hear. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, you know, if I were, like, breathing like she does, I'm sure nobody would be able to, would be able to hear me. Anyway, <laughs> it got my goat. Um, and it also got my go the introduction of the excellent janitor scene with Pete. What kind of janitor in any kind of hospital gets to walk around with his headphones on, listening to music? Pete. <laughs> he gets to deliver a whole monologue later on, though. But <laughs> it's his moment. He's like, right, I'm going to crush this. I'm not going to lie. I don't even recall what you're saying right now. But essentially, when when Sid, H- Sid Haig and the other cop turn up, mm. they're questioning Pete about what what he's found, and he's and he goes on about how he's obviously Latino and how he's from a band, how he's had a bad child and stuff, and he has a whole monologue about I how he's a good guy, how he's a good guy, what he's doing. Because I thought it was Obi from Saw, but it's not. He's racist. No, he's he's in um he's in uh, <laughs> I'm not shark Nazi sharks in the sky, sky, sky sharks sky yes. sharks. Yeah. Yes, Nazis in the sky sharks. Yeah, sky sharks. Whatever it's called. But that speech was so crucial to this film <laughs> and had so much relevance to the story. Oh, no, no, it didn't, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> it pissed me off. Did you not like the other cop that when he doesn't see Sid Hay, his stupidity was like, like biggest terrorist? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was quite funny. Um, yeah, that was all right, actually. It's you laughed at that once, did you? I, la- I, I didn't laugh at it, but it is funnier in retrospect. Like, thinking back, it is quite amusing because, oh, yeah. obviously, there's no evidence of terrorism at all. No. I think we now get my favourite scene in the movie, which makes no sense, which is the Bill Mosley scene. I like and- this scene. Yeah, it makes it does, it does makes no sense whatsoever. No sense. Don't understand why it's there. It's almost like, again, I'm not saying these people are like, you know, uh, plagiarising anyone, but it's almost like they just watched a David Lynch film and gone, oh, yeah, let's whack something really weird in that makes no sense. He's like the uh, the pancakes kid from Cabin Fever. That was the film. Yeah, but I did enjoy that scene. I thought, like, as far as, like, 
performance has got. I will well on board with Bill Mosley in this. It's, I thought you were great. I loved yeah, it. you were really funny. I reckon if you did like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with him at some point in it, it'd be fantastic. It just, it's just got that Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe when he plays this character. I don't know what. It just, it's just a great performance. He is. You watch Bill Mosley. He comes in and he just, yeah. the, the film is another le- The film raises a level for him being being there at that moment. For like two minutes, and then the motherfuckers make it a dream sequence. What? <laughs> what? You like a dream sequence in this one, don't they? Love a good old dream sequence. This one, yeah, this one is a weird one out there, though, because there's no, not obviously it's not seen anyway. But you could have had him as just some random nutter, and you could have just had the husband come back yeah. and just get rid of him. You didn't need to do it. That's plenty of way and go, no, it's a dream. Yeah. There's a low, myriad of other ways you could have actually ended ended that. Oh, well, they didn't. Deaths are piling up, though, in real and imaginary, because we are back now, mother and child in the house, sister rocks up with the uh, Nandula. Which is, or a stranger to the mother. Do you not enjoy the way? Did you not enjoy just the pushy sister in this as well, though, Versa? What I actually liked about the sister was the way she comes in. She's like, "Oh my god, you look like shit. You look terrible. You look disgusting. Have a bath." Da, da, da. And I'm like, "Actually, she looks pretty good for a woman. <laughs> she looks quite bright and alive and clean." I'm like, "What is wrong with you, woman?" She's just but, not yeah, as polished I, as she is. That's why. Yeah. But no, I think, yeah, as far as characters go, the sister character is probably, like, a nice addition to the film because he is just kind of self-centred, but quite funny about it. Yeah. Yeah, the Nandula thing was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? It's uh, I didn't fully understand the concept. Whether a sister has brought in this person or not, that is a stranger to her, and I would not believe in a newborn with a stranger, regardless of whether your sister got it or not. No, I mean, obviously we have to have a left alone to actually dive. I think I think it just furthers that sister, that being that self-centred, right? You had a baby before, we haven't left the house, I'm bored, I'm not seeing you. So look, this person I know will take care of your baby and now you're free to hang out with me, which is the important thing. Yeah, selfish bitch. Indeed. But we have the Nandula falling, falling down the stairs after... Having Cynthia launch herself at her. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is Cynthia's funny. Cynthia uh, is amusing, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I do like that dumb cop as well when he comes in and he thinks he's learnt something from the past experience where Sid Hague's like, this is overkill. And he comes in and he's like, this is overkill. And Sid Hague's <laughs> like, mm, just fell down the stairs, mate. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's an accident. Um but then I, I found the entire sequence with Sig, Sid Haig when he's talking to, like, Robin and the sister, whose name I keep forgetting, Jane. Um, yeah. And Jane's, like, overtly flirting with him. And I just don't get it. I don't get it myself. I mean, whatever floats your boat. I think, just think, like, maybe Sid Haig went, I'll be in your film, but I've got to get off with a woman at least once. Because, in fact, thinking about it, going back, every Sid Haig film I watch, he's always having sex or getting off with someone at some point. So maybe it's, like, written into it. Well, it was written, bless him, into his contracts that he has to have some sort of sexual scene. What a 
kind of misogynistic or sexist demand. Unless I get bundle a woman, I won't work with her. I'm sure it isn't that. I kid, obviously. I'm sure it's not that. But I don't I don't understand it. I mean, maybe it's just to bring them together at the end. But uh, I don't know. I don't get it either. But, you know, takes all sorts. Licorice all sorts. Ice cream, did you say, Mercer? Another thing that I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Why would anyone be? She's got that tub of ice cream and a part of Cynthia falls off into it. And it's clearly doesn't belong in the ice cream and isn't one of the weird breadsticks that she sticks in the ice cream. But she still eats it. No, you just wouldn't, would you? No. And it doesn't look edible. It looks like a pigeon's foot. I was quite quite upset as well because it was coconut ice cream and it's rare to see coconut ice cream represented in film. It's been years of discrimination has rendered coconut choc chip and your cookie dough. Where's the coconut representation? Surely coconut should get screen time and you've given it screen time and look what you've done. You've put a baby's finger in it and you've had her eating a baby. That's just going to get a bad rep and people aren't going to want to eat coconut ice cream. Justice Mm. for coconut ice cream. We start progressing quite quickly now, don't we? Thank God. Jane gets attacked by the cat. I don't know how she can't... I mean, that sofa's quite high off the ground. Whatever's under there, she should have been able to see. If if she can't see a finger in ice cream, she sure as shit ain't going to see a baby under a sofa. True. I love how uh, her all... The whole thing when she gets them scratches on the face is like, I'm gonna have to have plastic surgery now. Are you like, <laughs> just a bloody scratch, chill, get some cocoa butter on there, you'll be fine, I'm sure. Michael, is he called Michael the husband? Michael, yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael comes home and he has a revelation. Does he has been cheating, he but has. not with a woman. My, now, Michael, a high school sweetheart, who she had been in love with for years and believed he loved her back in the same way, turns out to be gay. Now, I don't want to jump on my gay high horse here. Really? Because I can, I can see you, you've got your, uh, you've got your saddle on already and you're riding boots. I just felt like something about this was just a little insensitive. Like, first of all, the whole, how can you be gay? I'd know if you were gay. I mean, how can you tell somebody's gay? Like, it's such a cliche, and that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, why, like, you know, how can you be gay? Yeah, but I would be able to tell. I'm like, whatever, why would you? Like, people live in the closet all the time for a reason, yeah? Huh? And then you cheated on her, and that's definitely wrong, definitely wrong. But also, the implications of being a homosexual who's too scared to come out or doesn't, doesn't know how to admit it, yeah, that's quite an intense moment in someone's life. It is, but for this film, it didn't seem that bothered about what had happened. It was very much getting excited and happy about the prospect of going off and do something else, whilst he's just told her that their entire relationship has been a lie, and she stood there angry and upset, and he's like, oh, I can't wait to meet him. We're going we're gonna to get married and stuff. So like, hang on, slow down. You've just dropped a bombshell. Maybe don't freaking... He's just discovered himself. Mate, you've got to appreciate that she... she... I do appreciate the whole, like, cheating aspect of it all. Not not just cheating. 
Not just cheating, the fact that they have lived a lie for however since high school. But he's lived a lie all his life. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you you can't be mad at her being angry because she's just found out this information. Hang on a second. I'm not over mad at her. What I'm mad at is the depiction of it. Like you said, the way that he jokingly said he's just found himself. The way that he has just expressed what he is and the script writers have made it into almost a joke and almost comedy by having her being an emotional reckoning being like oh my god I'm so happy to be like Randy's so great I just felt it was a little insensitive just um, my opinion no, if, I, completely, if, I completely see where you're coming from if there, I'm being that. honest I don't take it that deep because again this film isn't that deep so I, I don't really pay that much attention to it to be honest mm. But as as a gay person, I did. I think okay. that's just the, the difference in opinions on it. I just felt like it was a little bit of a, you know, let's make light of a really serious thing that a lot of people go through to almost entertain the masses. And let's face it, it's directors and writers of Cynthia, you ain't getting to the masses. I mean, I mean, technically, you could say they were doing that with pregnancy as well. Like a lot of people struggle to conceive and. A lot of people, you know, have a hard time having babies, but the the throwing fun at that as well. That's why I'm saying I just think it, it it's a film where it's everything I is and anything is fair game. I think they that's felt, what it seems like. I think they felt it was fought for the tone of what they were going for. I think they felt it was fine to use it in that yeah. way, but I completely understand where Mercer's coming from with his mm. issues. Because I, I I thought the same when I when they did that, I was like, I immediately thought I was like, okay, I've got I've got no huge issue with this because this is just the way they've set their stall out with the film. Yeah. I said, I, like, I know Mercer is going to have an issue with how they've done this. Fair enough. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. Right. We're just fighting a battle, Fair. We're just fighting a battle. No, it's fine. I just felt like, yeah, we're a bit like, mm, not really sure I, I appreciated that. But obviously, okay. what you've just said uh, is making me question myself about how I'm perceiving things because You've just pointed out the fact about women and pregnancy, something that I haven't experienced and I didn't take that on board. So that's quite a, quite a selfish view. Literally, my point was, I mean, I, I know it obviously affects people in different ways, that it's, it just didn't feel that deep that we're all, it was just... No, no, I get you. I appreciate what you're saying. And it's it's interesting to have your eyes open that, you know, just because there's one point you don't like, there's other things within the film that could be seen as a bit problematic for other people based on their yeah. own experience I only picked out the one thing that I and obviously that's what resonates you know that that's why the, you know it, it will always, like if I'm sure if there'd have been something in there that were you know like poking fun at obesity or something I'd have probably taken it the same way it's it's just whatever hits your nerve really isn't it and yeah. it's fair enough but yeah. anyway, anyway the, new lover, the new lover is life is the is the Aussie Lady loving barman. Good for him. Well, I said good for him because you know, looking at him, one is clearly more attractive than the other. Just saying, good for him. So we shoot along a little bit into the future with first birthday. Yeah, her life's gone to shit. She looks terrible. So I I need to ask a question because I know we've shot along to first birthday, and oh, I've gone straight to the notes. When does she find Cynthia? <laughs> In the, I know she's got her in a car. It's when he he leaves 
and she's chasing her through the air ducts. Ah, yes, the baby. The, mass- the, mass- the, air the massive industrial air ducts yeah. they've got running through the house. Their air con, I swear to God, must be off the fucking chain. It's like they're out of Die Hard. Not the quality, <laughs> but the actual, the actual air ducts. I'm not going to lie, though. When you first see Cynthia, I did laugh. It does. She does look like a school project that you've done like the day, the night before, because you've run out of time. You've gone shit. Bam. Here you go. Um, but she's really cute. She is cute, and I'll tell you, she reminds me of right. First of all, she reminded me. Mercer. No, not Mercer. <laughs> she reminded. I mean, Mr. Secret, she did say she's really cute before that, so I don't think you wanted to remind me of. Me. Oh, I, 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 I thought Cynthia was cute. I was like, oh my God, look at her. She's adorable for a hideous monster type creature. She's actually really adorable. Um, yeah, so she reminded me of like, I'll, I'll show it you and I'll link it on Twitter
do a little tour of the house, taking pictures because they think it's going to help with the custody battle. Smart move. Another, another thing that kind of got my, griped me a little bit, which was that they were in a relationship and every time they went to kiss, a loud bang stopped them. Right. I just think it's interesting that, you know, at the start of the film, we have a, a sex scene. We have another sex scene where a woman gets a baps out. Yeah. But when it comes to two men showing affection, they chicken that and won't actually show it on the screen. It could have been actors who didn't want to go that far. I don't know. Doubt it. I'm blaming Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if, if you're going to have two gay characters, at least have the, the balls, to, not balls, you shouldn't have balls, but, you know, to, you should at least have them showing affection if that's part of the story. Don't, like, mm. yeah, absolutely, don't just chicken out and have a distraction mm. to stop it, yeah. No, true. Very true. So they, as you say, they go around the house. They find the the room, Cynthia's room, and the actual baby book and all the or the journal that Robin has been keeping. Which is great. To be fair, the amount of detail they went into to produce something that's there on screen for about a minute, if that. The little things. No, it is good, uh, but it just does highlight how um, unstable. Robin might be with the way that that book is put together. Yeah. Robin then locks them in the room so that um, Cynthia can do her work. And she yeah. does. But she, she does. does. Um, yeah. she, kill, she kills Randy, rips his, rips his throat out. But we do, we, Michael, we do have the great fall into the ball pit and the whole kind of chase around peekaboo section in there, which I don't... Again, I don't care. I thought that was great. I, I love I love the Sophia being chased around in a ball pit, just popping up here and there. She's so cute. <laughs> she's, honestly, she's so adorable. I'd keep Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah. As as big sis go, that's Yeah. A cute one, yeah. Um yeah, she kills Michael and then she crawls out of the um ball pool. And I don't know why. Anyone thought this was a good, good idea, but then they laid a fart gag in there. <laughs> like, Cynthia farts before she, like, almost dies. I'm, I'm just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So it clearly works for Faye because she's just gone to pieces. You're right. It just has no place. It absolutely has no need for it, but there it is. <laughs> it's a, after that, we're, we're saying about how how insensitive possibly they are in the handling of people having problems getting pregnant and people coming out and being their true selves. It's not exactly like postnatal depression is exactly handled sensitively no. as Robin shoots herself through the head. I mean, that is quite funny. I don't know how the cop <laughs> ended up coming right. out. <laughs> right, we can't have coming out. It's a huge... Huge issue to handle well, but postnatal depression and oh fuck it, hilarious. No, I don't mean postnatal depression is funny. What I think's funny is the way like she's trying to escape and the cops all arrive for some reason. Don't know why, because there's not really been that much of a scene, I don't think. Um and they're all like trying to talk. And the, the way she's talking about, you know, I I'll not let them take you, I'm gonna make sure you're okay. You know, I'll not I'll not let them do whatever to you. And then she shoots herself. Are you like, well, now you've just left both children at the mercy of everyone. 
Yep. Oh, the sister was really good at that part when she's crying as well. Like actual really more. Yeah, that was a good acting scene. Yeah. That was actually quite good. The background actors were terrible with their hands to their mouth and then dropping it and then raising it again because they really didn't know how to be a background actor. Um, but then when Sid Haig opens the door and Cynthia's gone, I almost like in my mind went, oh, my God, maybe Cynthia doesn't exist. Mm. But you've seen her tear people apart. and Maybe it's all in Robin's head, though. Yeah, maybe Robin did it. That's what I was thinking. Like, we were oh, going to get this okay. revelation that Robin actually lost her shit and did it all. Um, but we didn't. What we did was we flashed back to the opening scene. Uh-huh. Where the sister is now um, not, looking well, up. knocking boots yeah. with Sid Haig. Yeah. The whole time. And looking after the baby. And, um... And then she's like, got to go. She's like, can you look after the kids for me while I go? And I did laugh at this part, actually. I said I only laughed once in this film, but I, I did burst out laughing the way that he's all lovely and sweet. And as soon as she gets up, he like walks up and like, you, you little fucking shit. Like, I'm fucking <laughs> 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 he goes to where I'll rip your fucking neck off and shit down the hole <laughs> to the little girl. And you're like, wow, that's a bit brutal. Um, and then he sees another little girl hiding in the dollhouse playhouse with lovely long flowing blonde hair luscious blonde hair and it turns around and it's Cynthia (laughs) she just jumps at him and then and then it ends brilliant it's so funny when when she's got the wig on it looks like E.T. in a wig when she turns around yeah I can't can't remember what that film's called from celluloid where he's he's dressed up as a nun Ah, cannot remember what it's called. Disco, disco path. I and uh, yeah, well, he dre- this guy dressed up as a nun and he's like driving a car and this detective's after him and he turns around and it's like, ooh, and he's a nun. And that's what Cynthia reminded me of in that scene. But yeah, we're about then to a funky, the funky intro music on the, on the outro. Yeah, really good music to be fair. So as I say, that's the end of Cynthia. As always with our prime scene episodes, as the I'll spit Grey's ways. We've all scored the film as well. Mercer, what grade has it got? I want to say drum roll, but I'm just going to get straight into it. Cynthia came in with a grade E, and I am not surprised. Um, I would have expected a D at least. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all right with, as I say, I'm not, I probably won't go back and rewatch it, but I had a lot of fun. It wasn't the worst thing we've seen on Prime Scene, I don't believe. No, exactly. We've. It's it's by far, far from the worst thing we've seen on Friday. Yeah. But and that is it. That is Cynthia off into the ether until they do Cynthia 2, hopefully at some point. But thank you everyone for joining us and hope you've enjoyed this Prime Scene investigation episode. Our socials, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at Spit Grays on both Twitter and Instagram. I Spit Grays on Facebook and we are electricpossums at gmail.com should you need to contact us by email for any reason and please don't forget to rate review and subscribe because every little mention does help so thank you very much thank you Faye, for being here say goodbye bye say goodbye mercer Ta-ra. and it's bye from me bye